Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 minutes long each day, but seven days a week getting us into God's Word. And that's crucial for our faith and for our spiritual strength, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So we encourage you every day to share these studies with everybody you can every day, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, but make that commitment and start sharing with people you know who need to get into God's Word and need to start thinking about their soul salvation. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them but it will also be a great blessing for you. So start that, start, make that commitment and start sharing today. We're coming toward the end of our line of thought and study, talking about the devil. Yeah, is the devil real? Well, absolutely the devil's real. Is he a nice guy? Not at all. He's mean, he's wicked, he's evil. He's our gravest and most deadly enemy. Is the characterization that we see portrayed of him in cartoons and, and maybe on posters and pictures and books and everything of being this cute little guy in red flannel pajamas with you know, some little horns sticking up and you know, a long tail that's forked at the end and carrying a little pitchfork with him, about three or four feet tall? Is that a good characterization? Not at all. It's not accurate at all. The devil is the most wicked of all beings that exist, either in the physical or spiritual realm. And his goal is to lead as many people who have been created in the image of God with a soul, going back to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, to pull as many of those as, as possible away from God and into eternal condemnation in hell. The Apostle Peter portrays him as being like a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. He's, well, we've looked at all of these different characterizations of him in this study to this point, talking about the nature of, of Satan. And he is talked about repeatedly in a multiplicity of times throughout the scriptures. We've noted that the word Satan, to, to name him directly and in, in kind of a formal way, is used 55 times in the scriptures. The word devil, to refer to him by characterization, is used 59 times in the New Testament. Jesus himself, during his public ministry on this earth, during those three, or three to three and a half years that he walked upon this earth spreading the gospel, he referred to the devil repeatedly, repeatedly. Well, what is his nature like? Well, we noted he's a slanderer. We could go back to Job and how he slandered Job, at least attempted to do so, in the presence of God. He's a counterfeiter, making things that are false look real, making things that are true look false but also counterfeiting his own appearance as he comes across through temptations and also through using people who have given in to his temptations to look, to look good. We, he, he has been so successful, especially in our culture, in our country today, of turning things upside down and inside out. 
so that ungodliness he has convinced people is godly. And when somebody stands up for godliness and calls sin, sin, oh, they're haters, they're evil, they're wicked, they're, they're uh, prejudiced and so on. And so they're denigrated. And so their response in a lot of cases is they shrink back from standing up for the truth, standing up for righteousness, because they don't want to be called all kinds of hateful names themselves. He's a liar, a deceiver. In fact, he's the father of lies, Jesus said. He is the ruler of this world in that more people follow him than follow God faithfully. Now, that would upset a lot of people to say, you're following the devil in your life. They'd say, no, 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 I, I, I believe in God. I love God. But you're not living by God's teachings. So thereby, you're living in sinfulness, in sinful lifestyles. You're following the devil. So the devil has more followers than faithful followers, that is, than God has faithful followers. He is our adversary, that is, our enemy, one who stands against us, as Peter brought out in 1 Peter chapter 5, in verse 8. And he is a destroyer. We pointed out how the word Abaddon in Revelation chapter 9 and verse 11, referring to him by both the Hebrew and Greek names or references, Abaddon means destruction. Polyon means destroyer. And he's referred to by both of those names in those two various languages in that one verse of scripture. Well, how does the devil work? Now, we've noted numerous characteristics of his nature. How does he do his work to pull people away from God and into condemnation, into sin? Well, he's a great deceiver, great deceiver. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3, the apostle Paul wrote, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds might be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And then if we drop down to verse 13, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. And so the devil is very skillful at turning things around, working around the edges to make his temptations seem good, desirable, and even promising in a positive way. False teachers who put themselves forth as being true teachers of God, the devil himself, Satan himself, transforms himself into an angel of light, like he's trying to preach or teach a good thing for people. Oh, but that's just surface level appearance because when you get below the surface, he's really trying to lead people away from God and into eternal condemnation. He also insinuates doubt. When we think about how he worked on Eve in the garden, going back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, the first thing he asks Eve is, has, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Well, God did say you can eat of every tree of the garden. Going back to verse 16 of chapter 2, but he did place one restriction in the very next verse. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. 
And so can you imagine how that might have worked in Eve's mind as the devil presented the temptation in this way? Has God not said you shall eat uh, you shall not you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Hasn't God said that you can eat of the fruit of all the trees of the garden? And Eve thinking, well, uh, but she responded correctly. She said, oh, yeah, but, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 3 of Genesis chapter 3. But the devil has already approached. He's already cracked the door open a little bit for her thinking, and then he deceives her farther or further by making the forbidden fruit seem to be good fruit. So he insinuates doubt. He deceives. He snatches away God's word. And this is something that we might kind of scratch our heads about, you know, and and wonder, how does he snatch away God's word? Well, just think about it. We look in Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13 and verse 19, and here we read from our Lord, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, Then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. Now, so how many times have people been taught something from God's word? That's sinful. Or God wants you to be baptized for the remission of your sins. He wants you to come to him in repentance of sin. But they don't quite fully accept at that moment, but the teaching is playing in their mind. But then the devil, and he knows what's going on, so he starts throwing temptations at them. You don't want to give this up, do you? You don't want to be restricted by not being able to do what you've been doing, which you've enjoyed doing, although on a surface level basis, because you paid consequences for it all along the way. So he snatches away the word. He, he tries to distract people from really paying too much attention to the teachings of God's Word, giving too much thought to thinking, is that something I really need to be doing? I need to be paying attention to. He also traps. We talked about how uh, the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy talked about how the devil lays snares out there, and snares being traps, and we talked about that. Well, he... he He lays those snares for us, those traps for us to trip us up along the way and get our thoughts and our actions in a direction that is away from God and godliness. He wants to control the mind also. Think about how how many books and magazines and radio programs and television programs, think about how the internet has been used and just conversation between people and we might really focus in on, on teens to a great extent, but it's not just limited to teens by any means. It's young adults and middle-aged adults and so on. How many people have been caught up in ungodly communication through these various medias? Books, magazine, radio, television. Think about the, the songs that are broadcast over the radio, and people pay money to buy CDs with those songs that are full of profanity and full of disrespect for God, using his name in vain, and, and, and talking about their disrespect for women, using them, and, and, and all kinds of, of, of immorality. You see, he, the devil wants to control the mind. He wants to get our thinking focused in a direction that is 
away from God, away from the Bible, away from Christianity. Remember the description of mankind in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. The thoughts and intents of mankind was only evil continually. And so that led to such evil lifestyles that God said, I'm sorry that I've repented man, uh, that I've, that I've, that I've uh, uh, created man. And so God wiped mankind off the face of the earth with the exception of Noah and his family. Noah was found righteous before God. The devil, if he can control our thinking, if he can, if he can influence us to think in ungodly directions, well, on an, on an ongoing basis, an exclusive basis, he's got us. We'll talk a little bit more about how the devil works next time and also how we can resist the devil effectively. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you, Father, for opening our eyes to see the reality of the devil and the dangers that he poses before us on an eternal basis. Help us to keep our guard up. Please strengthen us with your strength and help us, Father, to desire and to follow through, to read and study your word so that our faith in you can be strong and we can stand firm against the devil. Please protect us from all of his ways, Father, we pray, and guard us against evil. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.